We have been in this series for nine weeks, and we are going all the way to Christmas, talking about living with faith in the wild. If you got a Bible, turn with me this morning to Isaiah chapter 33. Yeah, and the word that I have for you today is peace in the wild. Peace. It takes faith to have peace in the wild times that we are living in. How many of you could use some more peace in this current season of your life. I know I could, especially after this last week, what's going on in our nation, in our world. I think it's a time where the world is craving for security, stability, consistency, unity, and we have the answer in the church. We have the hope of the world. What they are looking for is found in a relationship with Jesus. And you know, today I want to talk about this piece, but before I get into it, I just got to say, I am so thankful for what this church has been doing through this pandemic. This past week, I was interviewed again by a a news station out of state, and they were asking us, you know, they said, last time we interviewed you um, in May, you guys had been giving out, by that time, just over 100,000 meals. They said, where are you guys at now? Like 200,000, 300,000? I said, we're actually at 12,709,722 meals. She was like, what? Are people double counting those votes? Are you sure that's all accurate? (laughs) I said, yes, those are 12 million real votes. Those those really did have, we fed as a church 12,700,000 meals in the last 30 weeks. Come on, give God a big hand this morning. The church has been showing up in a pandemic, feeding the hungry. And it's amazing to see what God has done. And not only that, we've been able to lead 33,000 people to Christ. And to me, that's, that's incredible. No inflation in those numbers. Those are real people's lives that have been impacted because of this church. And I think it's amazing. But at the same time, I think through this pandemic, we've all realized these crazy times we're living in, they test our emotions. They test our feelings. They test our, our uh, relationships. This pandemic has exposed relationships. It has revealed uh, character. It has, it's exposed attitude issues. How many of you have felt like during this pandemic, God has been working on your attitude? All right. Half of us in the room. (laughs) I I have felt every single emotion during this pandemic. I felt happy. I felt sad at times. I felt excited. I felt discouraged. I've had feelings of um, uh, momentum and energy and then feelings of exhaustion and weariness and tiredness. And what I felt to preach to you this morning, what I, I, th- I believe God wants to speak to us is we can have a stable, consistent attitude and life no matter what's going on in our nation or in our world. Isaiah 33 verse 6 says, he will be the sure foundation for your times. The prophet Isaiah was speaking 600 years before Jesus would show up. And he was saying, right now, there's shaky times in Israel. There's shaky times uh, in all of the empires around them, the Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire. It was like every, every few years, every decade, there was a new king and new laws and new government, and people weren't sure what the future was gonna hold. And Isaiah said, in the midst of all of the confusion, the division, the strife, the uncertainty, we have a firm foundation. The fear of the Lord is the key to living a stable, consistent, peaceful life in the midst of all the chaos that's going on around you. Last week, I was talking about how we are citizens of heaven. And I'm looking at a group of people here today that are citizens of heaven, no matter what's going on in the earth. But I talked about how when you're a citizen of heaven, you realize that none of these things here on earth are going to hold together. And I stomped on all of these boxes. Some of us, um, we, 
We heard the message, but we needed to hear it again this week because some of us had some plans and we were like, this is a sure foundation. I can truly trust in my plans. And it began to crack. And I, I just felt to encourage you again today that no matter what you have staked your happiness on. If it's not Jesus, it is collapsible. If it's not the kingdom of God, it will not last. We are not called to be allegiant first to the nation of America. We are called as believers to be allegiant to the kingdom of God. So our happiness, our security, our trust is not in the economy here in America. It's not in who's the president or who's the governor or who's the mayor. All of those things are collapsible. They're temporary. They're here for four years and they're over. Eight years and they're over. Even family and friends, if our happiness and our peace is staked in stuff on this earth, we will constantly be unstable. But this right here is the sure foundation of our times. This week I was just reflecting on that message again and I was singing to God. I just walked outside in the midst of all the news and all the uncertainty. And I went and stood on a rock in my front yard. I did. And I just started to sing. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Isaiah was saying, this is the only firm foundation for your times. In fact, I love the other translation. It says in Isaiah 33, verse 6, the English Standard Version, it says, he will be the stability of your times. He will be the stability. Our stability is not in a person here on this earth or a person leading our country. I meet so many people who, who are asking, what are we going to do if this person's elected? What are we going to do? What's going to happen if they shut down the church again, if they try to lock up all the businesses and they stop the Dream Center? We will stand on the stability of our times. Jesus has not left the throne. He wasn't voted in and he can't be voted out. He sits above the circle of the earth and he's a firm foundation for our times that we're living in. Our peace is not in a government here on this earth. In fact, Isaiah said in Isaiah 9, verse 6, that he will come to us. A son will be given to us. A child will be born. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. What does that mean? That means he's going to counsel you through the confusing times around you. He will be called Mighty God. That means he is more powerful than coronavirus. He's more powerful than economic craziness. He's more powerful than the stock market. He's more powerful than the unstable, unstable things going on in our world. He's an everlasting father. That means he's the, he is the greatest father we've ever had. He's an everlasting father, and he's a prince of peace. We can have peace in this crazy pandemic that we're living in right now because our hope is built on nothing less. Our foundation is only on Jesus, church. Paul said in Philippians 1, verse 27, whatever happens, everybody say whatever happens. Whatever happens in America, whatever happens this month, whatever happens next month, whatever happens, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? What are we going to do if this happens? What are we going to do? How are we going to do this? Paul says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves as citizens of heaven. 
Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whether I come or I see you, he says, listen, work together, strive together as one for the faith. A divided world needs a united church. And we stand united, not on political opinions. We stand united on the firm foundation that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He's worthy to be praised no matter what's going on. So whatever happens, stay united in a place of worship, surrender, and conducting our lives, conducting our lives as citizens of heaven. My peace is not based on my circumstances. My peace is not based on my president. My peace is not based on my government. My peace is not based on my job. My peace is not based on America's economy. My peace is based on Christ alone. Isaiah 26 verse 2 says, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. How do I have peace in the wild? I got to keep my mind stayed on him. Our minds have been so consumed by the news in this last week, we just need to turn it off for the rest of the year. No offense, but there is not a news channel out there that's going to cultivate an atmosphere of peace in your home. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, all the C's, nope. The only one who's going to cultivate peace is the presence of God in your house. He will keep you in perfect peace when your mind is stayed on him. You know, I was just thinking about this past year, and I was talking with Ashley about it. And I just said, man, this has been a crazy year. It's been a wild year. Everything we've gone through, everything the church has, has walked through, worked through. And it's awesome to see how God has used victory in this hour. But I'm not going to lie, it's taken a toll a little bit. <laughs> I've lost some hairs on my head. And I've had, to, I've had to come to a place of truly just trusting that God's got us, that God's got this church, God's got my family, God's got me, God's got you. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the in his hands, he's got the whole world in his. And it sounds childish and it sounds elementary, but I'm telling you, there is so much power in a peaceful spirit. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. His first sermon, the first sermon he ever preached. People would say, well, it's elementary. You know, he talked about peace. We all know what peace is. <laughs> it was the most profound message. It was called the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And he just began to go through a list of attitudes that we're all called to walk in. What does it look like to be a citizen of heaven? What does it look like to have peace in the wild? He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the children of God. This is not a time to stir up strife. This is not a time to gossip. This is not a time to dishonor. This is not a time to slap the other cheek that slapped you. This is a time to be a peacemaker, a strife stopper, a bridge builder, to bring people together who are divided and angry and hostile. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. We have a mandate from heaven to walk in peace and to bring peace to the people that are around us. You can't bring peace to people if you don't have peace inside you. I can't administer peace to the church if I don't have peace in my heart. I can't bring peace to my wife and my kids if I'm not carrying peace in my heart. Right now, uh, a lot of doctors have weighed in on how America has become the most anxiety-driven nation in the history of our nation, that right now, 
more than 25% of our nation is on anxiety medication daily, daily anxiety medication, a quarter of our, our nation. Some of you are like, man, I think it might be 50%, might be 80%. <laughs> our nation has become unhinged, right? Just the age of anxiety, the age of worry, the age of stress, the uncertainty. And Jesus says, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to live like unbelievers live who chase after, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? He says, look at the birds. Look at the lilies of the field. Look how I take care of them. Don't worry. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour of your life? Uh, who of you by worrying can grow another inch? Who of you by stressing and living with anxiety can change anything? In fact, the more anxiety we have, the more susceptible we are to sickness and disease. To overcome this virus that we're in, we have to have a posture of peace. We have to stay in a posture of peace. Peace is going to win the battle. Peace is going to win the war. Peace is going to be able to stand when everyone else is collapsing, when all the kingdoms are caving in. Peace will stand on a sure foundation. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but somebody needs to hear it today. Choose peace. There was a teacher who did an art contest, and she asked all her students in her class to draw their best picture of what peace looked like. She said, I want you to show me what peace looks like. So people drew pictures of like a sunset. People drew pictures of a flower. People drew pictures of a pretty bird, you know. But this one kid drew a picture, and I want to show you a picture of a storm. And if you have that picture, just throw it up on the screen. Uh, but there's this storm, and I circled it because right there in the storm, if you can't see, if we can zoom in, there's a little bird that's hiding inside the cleft of this cliff. And there's lightning striking, there's water rushing, it's windy, it's wild. And the teacher asked the student, how is this peace? And, and the student said, because even in the midst of everything going around, they have found a hiding place. The mother and her little daughter, her little son, whatever the, the baby is, the mother and, and, and her children have found a hiding place in the midst of the chaos going on all around them. That's what peace is. In Mark chapter four, verse 35, even the disciples of Jesus would face a moment where they were afraid and they had lost their peace. They were on a boat. He said, let's go to the other side. And as they're going on the Sea of Galilee, all of a sudden this massive storm comes on the water. It begins to rock their boat and they begin to lose their minds. And they start screaming, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. There's no way we're going to get through this storm. It's too much. And it says that Jesus, in verse 37, verse 38, it says Jesus was sleeping on a cushion during the storm. It takes faith to sleep. It does. It takes faith to sleep. I had to turn off the TV this week multiple times and just go, it's time to go to bed. And my anxiety wanted to keep me awake. How many of y'all can relate to that? My, my uncertainty about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen the next week, what's going to go on. And I had to just say, you know what? You got it, God. It takes faith to go to sleep. I just speak sweet sleep over you this week. I speak eight hours a night at least. Some of y'all are like, that's what I came to church for right now. <laughs> Knock me out, Lord. <laughs> Not during my sermon. Later tonight. <laughs> go to sleep later tonight. Jesus was sleeping in a storm while his disciples were screaming in the storm. And they woke him up. They said, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care about the church? Don't you care about the church? What, what are you going to do to fix this storm? And Jesus says, oh, ye of little faith. The same God who was with you before the storm is with you in the storm. The same God who was with you in the last four years will be with you in the next four years. 
The same God who's been with you since your, your childhood will be with you through your adulthood. Let's stop running around like chickens with our heads cut off, acting like the world is falling, the world, the sky is falling. If things don't go my way, if my president's not elected, if my plans don't go my way, you have a firm foundation. You have a stable foundation. <laughs> so the disciples, they came and Jesus said, to the wind and to the waves, peace be still. Peace be still. He changed what the storm was doing. He didn't, he didn't cause the boat to automatically arrive at the other side. They were still in the water. They were still on the boat. But he changed what the storm was doing. I believe this is a time Jesus is going to change what the storm has been trying to do in your life. He comes to bring peace. He comes to bring calm. David said, be still and know that he is God. He is God. You can't give peace if you don't have peace. So let's, let's deal with that first right now. Let's take a few minutes to talk about how do I get peace on the inside? How do I get peace? Where does that peace come from? Peace comes from trusting in God. Peace comes when I stop trying to be in control. You can't have peace if you're trying to control your life and other people's lives, even parenting, we can't control the outcome of our kids' lives. So at some point, we got to let go, right? And trust that God has our kids' best interest in mind, that God is able to work through the scriptures we've taught them, the church services we brought them to, the, the way that we tried to teach them how to... That we can't control everyone's behavior. And you don't have peace when you're gripping for control. You need to let go of your kung fu grip right now and just choose to let go and let God. It doesn't mean that you don't take responsibility. It doesn't mean that you don't show up. You do your part, but you refuse to live in an anxiety state trying to figure out if things are all gonna go your way because you won't know, you can't know. You just gotta trust that God has something great in store for you. Peace comes when I stop trying to be in control. Peace comes when I choose to love people. You can't have peace when you're carrying hatred towards a brother or sister. You can't have peace when you have a divisive spirit towards people. First Peter two, verse 17, he had to speak to some people who were angry at the emperor. They were angry at people who didn't vote like them. They were mad at their society. They were mad. There was like a split in the nation, blue and red and yellow. And some voted for Kanye and some voted for, I don't know. There was, I mean, there was just all kinds of like hostility and division. And Peter says, honor everyone, show respect to all people. I don't care if they voted like you show respect to all people. Love the family. Of, you can't have peace if you're disrespecting everyone. You can't have peace if you're hating people. Show respect. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. Whoever's in office, honor them. Pray for them. Love them. You can't have peace if you're carrying hatred in your heart. It's getting quiet in this charismatic church. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Clothe yourselves with compassion. Clothe yourselves with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, with patience. This week, clothe yourself with kindness. The world is watching how the church will respond. Clothe yourself in kindness. Clothe yourself. When we walk in kindness and gentleness, we attract people to the kingdom of God who, who are looking and searching for hope. They're looking and searching for stability. When we walk in kindness and love, Paul goes on to say this. He says, bear with each other, forgive one another. How do I have peace? 
I choose to love people. I choose to forgive people. I choose not to hold a record of wrongs against people. I choose to bear with people's immaturity. If you're constantly angry and upset about people's lack of maturity and you're so mature, you're going to be constantly stressed. Your body's going to be tense and tight. You're going to just be wound up. But Paul says one of the ways to live with peace in your blood, peace in your, in your body, peace in your mind and your heart is just to give allowance that not everyone's as mature as you are and you're not as mature as you think you are. So bear with one another. Give forgiveness to people. Give grace. Everybody say give grace. How many could use some grace in your life? So a way to have peace is to give grace because you know you need grace. He says, don't hold grudges against people. Forgive because God forgave you. And then he goes on to say this in verse 14. He says, over all these virtues, put on love. Love binds it all together in perfect unity. Peace comes when I choose to receive the love of God and I choose to release the love of God to people around me. And then he says, right, here's how I know love opens the door for peace because the very next verse in verse 15, he says, and then let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Let it rule in your hearts because you are one body and you are called to peace. Everybody say, I'm called to peace. Put your hand on your heart and say, peace be still. Put your hand on your mind and say, peace be still. My dad used to put his hand on my head because I was crazy. And he would say, peaceful Paul, peaceful Paul, peaceful Paul, peaceful Paul. <laughs> and I turned out okay. I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not too crazy. We got to speak peace. We have the power to bring peace in situations. We have the power to choose peace. Peace, peace is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a choice. I have to choose to have peace. Someone asked me this past week, what will the church do if this happens? And I was reminded, Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The church is going to shine brighter than it's ever shined before. Mark my words, this next year, we will experience revival like we've never experienced in the history of our church. There will be more impact that this church and the Dream Center and the school and the Bible college and the camp has ever had. Whoever's in office, God's about to move through his church mightily across America and all over the world. I believe it's going to happen. Bill Johnson said this. My wife reminded me of it. He said, whoever has the most hope has the most influence. Hope, I believe hope gives us peace, not optimism. Optimism says, ah, I think it's going to work out good. I'm optimistic about it. Hope says, I know it's going to be good. I know God's not finished yet. And my best days are right in front of me. And I have victory in my future because Jesus lives in me. Hope is a knowing. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You know it deep down inside. I can't see it in the natural, but I know in my heart God's got something good. 
He's got something good for the college students in the room that are going through college, believing God for scholarship. He's got something good for the couples in the room who've been struggling in your marriage. He's got something good for the families in the room. He's got something good for the sons and the daughters. He's got something good for those that are graduating, looking for a job, wondering if the economy is a sure foundation. Nope, but heaven's economy is a sure foundation. And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I can have peace. Not because I know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And because he holds my tomorrow, I have hope. And my hope gives me peace. My hope that God's going to show up gives me peace in the present, no matter what's going on around me. Somebody say, I got peace. I have peace. I was on the phone with someone. Someone called me from New York and um, they said, you're the only pastor who I have on my phone. And they said, I got your number during the pandemic. I work for a, a, a secular news organization, very, very well-known organization. And we did a story on you guys. And um, Victory was all over the news at the start of the pandemic because we were one of the only churches that was open doing the rooftop revivals and the drive-through services and all that. Come on, Jesus. And it's amazing how, how God connects you to people in one season for one reason. And then years later or months later, it's a different reason those people are calling you. And they called and they said, I'm just afraid. You know, I live in New York, live in Brooklyn, and my friends and I were just so afraid what's going to happen this week. And I just needed to talk to someone. And I said, can I pray for you? Because she didn't call to ask for prayer. She just called to talk. And I said, can I pray for you, ma'am? And I could tell, you know, she's not really a believer. And she said, oh, okay. And I started to pray. And afterwards, she didn't know what to say. I said, amen. And she was like, good, good words. And she said, um, I don't know what that was, but thank you. Thank you. As a church, we have power in our prayer to bring peace to all sides of our nation right now. I'm telling you, blue sides, red sides, every side. When we begin to pray, God begins to work. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, the grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God endures. When I don't know what to do, I come back to that sure foundation and I remind myself, God's got it. God's with me. God's for me. God's given me the recipe I need for peace. So I get peace when I choose to let go of control. I'm going to give you a few thoughts here. I get peace when I'm anchored in the love of God. I get peace when my eyes are on Jesus. As long as Peter kept his eyes on Jesus, the wind and the waves could not mess with him walking on the water. You remember the story where Jesus is walking on water and Peter says, Lord, you want me to come? He says, come. And Peter steps out and he starts walking on the water. As long as his eyes were on Jesus, he was able to keep doing the supernatural. But once he took his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the wind and the waves, that's when he became anxious, worried, stressed, fearful. And the fear is what caused him to sink. How we're going to have peace in these troubled times is we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, whether it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
I have a secret weapon against the enemy. When he's trying to distract me, I just get my eyes back on Jesus. When Twitter's trying to distract me, I get my eyes back on Jesus. When Instagram's trying to mess with me, I get my eyes back on Jesus. When the news is trying to distract me, I get my eyes back on Jesus. When gossip's trying to mess with me, I get my eyes back on Jesus. I don't care what anyone else is saying. I want to know what is God saying. God says I'm a child of God, that I was created in his image to do great things, and he knows the plans he has for you, plans to give you hope and a future to prosper you. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. You don't have to be afraid. Come on. I came to bring some peace to someone today. Isaiah says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid for I, the Lord, your God go before you. I am with you. Do not be discouraged. There's been multiple times through this pandemic that I've been singing this song this song from a long time ago, I remember hearing when I was a kid. And, and some of you guys know it. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is he. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. So I sing because I'm happy, and I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eye, Lauren Hill from Sister Act 2, is on the sparrow. Come on, how many of y'all remember Sister Act 2? Man, Sister Act 2 was good. <laughs> and I know he watches me. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, when Jesus washed, he washed my sins away. Oh, happy day. Talking about a happy day. He taught me how to fight. Fight and pray. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Come on. That was a good movie. I, I love that movie. But here's what I'm saying. Y'all are like, what's happening right now? I'm just getting my peace. Paul said this in, in Colossians chapter 3. He says, um, right, after, right after he talks about, you know, let the peace of Christ rule. At the end of verse 15, he says, be thankful. There's something about thankfulness that gives you peace. And then he says, out of that thankfulness, verse 16, he says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms. That's what we're doing right now. Hymns, songs from Sister Act, from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude. Sing, oh, happy day. Sing, his eye is on the sparrow. I remember as a kid, I grew up watching old movies with my older sisters. They were, they were, they were always renting you guys remember Blockbuster? We would go to Blockbuster, and we would rent, like, these old movies that were made in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. And one movie we watched over and over was The Sound of Music. 
Oh, I love the sound of music. And there's this moment where Julie Andrews, she's sitting with the Von Trapp family. And our family was kind of like the Von Trapp family. We just sang all the time. And, um, and she sits down and you know, it's like stormy and they're scared and they're afraid. And she says, when the dog bites, when the bee stings, when I'm feeling, I simply remember my favorite things and then I don't feel so bad. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Dun, 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 dun. The whole point of it was as they began to sing, their anxiety went away. Some of us have forgotten the weapon we have with worship. Worship is a weapon against anxiety. I'm telling you right now, some of you, you don't even care about the election. You're like, I don't even care about it. You're like, I got my own problems. I got a, I got a, I got a split election in my house. I don't know who's the king in our house. All right, but listen, to deal with the anxiety in your house, you got to come back to worship. Peace comes when I, this week, as I started worshiping and I started praising and I started praying, peace comes when we pray. If you're waiting for notes, I'm giving them to you right now. Peace comes when I praise. Peace comes when I worship. Peace comes when I pray. He says singing psalms together, singing hymns, singing together. That singing together. When we come together every Sunday, we are driving out a spirit of fear. We are driving out a spirit of darkness. We're pushing back that spirit of COVID-19. We're driving out sickness and disease. You go, I don't know if I believe in that. It's the Bible, my friends. It's outlasted every president. It's outlasted all the laws. It's outlasted America for sure because our country is super young. And I'm telling you right now, it outlasted the Roman Empire, the Babylonian Empire. This thing right here is a sure foundation. The grass withers, the flowers fade. And so when I dig into it and I go, oh, God tells me to sing. God tells me to worship. God tells me to pray. It doesn't make sense to the world because they think to have peace, you got to take Xanax and you got to listen to, you know, rivers and, and raindrops on YouTube. And you got to, you know, smoke marijuana to get your peace. You got to take CBD oil. You got to get all that. But I'm telling you, we have a, we have a recipe for peace found in the word of God. This week, I haven't had any alcohol. Y'all are like, do you have alcohol in other weeks? No, I don't drink alcohol. I don't even know why I just said that. But all I'm saying is that I, I don't. I don't need it. I don't drink wine to find peace. I don't drink alcohol to find peace. I don't, I don't smoke marijuana to find peace. I find peace in the Word of God. I, I, I'm old-fashioned, but I'm telling you, I get peace in a relationship with Jesus. I don't need money to have peace. I don't need things to go my way to have peace. I just find peace in his presence, which is my next point. Peace comes from being in his presence. Peace just comes from being in the presence of God. We live in such a busy, fast paced society that we just don't slow down enough. I, I'm, I'm preaching to me, too. I get so busy in ministry that I, I have to pause and just be still. And I've been doing that more lately. I've just been going outside and just breathing in the air. No music, no headphones, no phone, just outside on a walk with Jesus and just going, God, it's so good to be in your presence. And there's peace there. I was talking with a friend recently and he said, you know, I used to go, I used to go working out. And when I worked out, I constantly had like intense momentum music. And it was like, it was like Lincoln Park, you know, and all the crazy rock and stuff. And he's like, I just, now I just go work out and I don't have anything in my ears and it actually feels really good. Like I'm just locked in and I'm spending time. You could spend time in God's presence 
when you're going on a walk, you're going on a run, but we have to turn off the noise. We have to, we have to stop trying to pump ourselves with all the podcast and the music and the, the, like, just be still and know that he is God. Peace comes when you pause and you pray and you get in his presence. I want the band to come out. This is a time where the world needs to see the church walking in peace. This is a time where you and I have to choose a posture of peace, no matter what's going on around us. I want to just give you a few scriptures to to think about this week. As you go into this week, as you head into Thanksgiving, there's so many uncertainties and probably people you're going to have to face that you're going to have to choose to walk in love with. You're going to have to choose to be kind to. But just Maybe take a moment to either listen to this, or if you want to, you can write it down as I shared, or just let these scriptures kind of wash your mind this morning of whatever distractions are trying to mess with you, whatever financial worry you've got. Just by a show of hands, and, and I want us to be honest this morning. Take off the church mask. If you want to keep on the COVID mask, you can. But <laughs> for a second, how many in the room have had some worry in the last week that you've had to deal with? Yeah, man, me too, to be honest. I've, I've had to bring it to God. You're not, you're not an unbeliever for having feelings of worry. Peter had it. Jesus, right before the cross, was sweating drops of blood. You're not bad to have worry. You're not bad to have concerns, stress, anxiety. But it's how long we live with it. It's how long we hold on to it. Peter says, cast your cares upon the Lord. I feel just maybe to hit on people who've had some financial worry. How many of you have had some financial worry in the last week? Just thinking about money and you're trying to figure out where's it going to come from? What's going to, yeah. Paul said, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. When Paul was in a prison in Philippians, he was writing the book and I want to read it to you because it's so powerful. He's got all these needs and he doesn't know how he's going to make it. And I want to give you these scriptures. Philippians chapter four. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to, you don't have to follow along. But we'll start with verse one. He says, my brothers and sisters whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord always. Stand firm. That's where your peace is at. Go to verse four. Verse four. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I don't rejoice because I feel like it. I didn't sing, oh, happy day, because I felt like it. I chose to sing it. I don't rejoice because things went my way. I rejoice because God calls me to do it. And when I choose to do it, joy is a choice. Peace is a choice. Love is a choice. Just like hate is a choice. Just like slander is a choice. Just like throwing a pity party is a choice. We get to choose every day what our response is going to be. So Paul says, choose joy. Then verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. Be gentle to people. We've never walked a day in their shoes. I've never walked a day in your shoes. You've never walked a day in my shoes. Be gentle with people. People need grace. I need grace. Our president needs grace. Our government needs grace. Whatever happens next, everybody needs grace. Everybody needs grace. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Present your request to God. What's on your heart? Bring it to God. What's on your heart? Paul says, don't be anxious about it. Just get it off your chest. Give it to God. 
go down to the altar, write it on a note and just leave it at the altar. Here's what's on my heart. My deepest, darkest secret, my need, my desire is here. And then he says, when you get it off your chest and you give it to God, verse seven, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts. This is a time where we've got to guard our hearts. We've got to guard our hearts against jealousy, division, strife, reading into people's words, pointing our finger at people, gotcha, got, you know, the pride, all of that stuff. Guard your heart, guard your heart. How? Peace, peace, peace. Peace is like a shield over your heart. Peace. The peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And then he says this, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, peace comes when I fix my thoughts on things that are good. Whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Peace comes when I fix my thoughts on him. Paul says, I've learned the secret to contentment. I've learned how to be happy whether I have everything I want or I have nothing that I want. I've learned how I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, no matter what's going on in society. I know God is with me. Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave with you. And this peace that I give to you is not what the world gives. Do not be worried. Do not be afraid. The peace that I give you, no one can take it away from you. Paul said to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of anxiety, but power, love, and a sound mind. When anxiety was great within my soul, your comfort got, brought joy to me, David said. But now this is what the Lord says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. You are with me, your rod and your staff that comfort me. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God goes with you wherever you go. Tell everyone who's discouraged, be strong and don't be afraid. God is coming to your rescue. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or your body, what you will wear. Life is more than food. The body is more than clothes. Consider the sparrows. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God takes care of them. And how much more valuable are you than the birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Do not worry. The Lord is your light and your salvation. Whom shall I be afraid of? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Cast your cares upon the Lord, for he will sustain you. He never lets the righteous fall. Immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. God is my refuge, my strength, and ever-present help in my time of trouble. The Lord is with me, so I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. The fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. And he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves, and he said, peace be still. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers all of them. He surrounds you with songs of deliverance. Even if I suffer for doing what is right, God will reward me. So do not worry or be afraid. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me and he freed me from all my fears. Do not be afraid. The Lord your God is fighting for you. He placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Do not be afraid. Church, stand your feet all over this room. How do I have peace in the wild times that we're living in? 
man, I, I put my trust in God. I fear the Lord. I honor everyone. I'm praying for all of our elected officials, praying for all of our leaders. Again, we're seeing on the news unrest. People are trying to figure out what's going to happen. And, and when, we, when you look at it, you can kind of get angry and upset and go, well, we need to do something about this. Again, we've got to continue to pray for all of our leaders, show honor to everyone, show honor to everyone, show grace to everyone, show kindness to everyone, and choose to focus on the issues in your heart. Jesus said, do not judge or you too will be judged with the measure that you judge. Even this past week, people were talking about some pastor, someone who had a mistake in their life. And what are your thoughts? And I'm thinking, man, we all need the grace of God. We all need the grace of God. I don't find peace pointing fingers at a pastor. You're not going to find peace pointing fingers at me. And I won't find peace pointing fingers at you. I think if we will choose to focus on, Lord, what's in my heart that you need to work on right now? Is it anger? Is it entitlement? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? Is it fear? Is it pride? Is it resentment towards people? Is it hostility? And Lord, help me to trust in you. With heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, let's pray right now. I want to pray for you. And I want to invite those of you that are here today that just need peace. You just need a refill of peace. I just, I, I have this visual image that you're, you're at a restaurant and your waiter hasn't come. And in fact, the waiter says, if you need a refill, you just walk over there and that machine over there, you just stick your drink right up against that button and it'll give you more than enough. I hear God saying, I have everything you need. You just got to bring your cup down to the altar. I have the peace you need, the joy you need, the grace you need. You just got to bring your cup down to the altar. If you're feeling, if you're feeling half full right now, if you're feeling a little bit depleted on the peace side or the joy side or the grace, and you're here today and you say, man, I just need God's help. I need his strength. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to ask you to leave your seat. Come and join me at this altar. I want to pray for people today. You're saying, Lord, I need peace. Peace with my family members. Peace in my city. Peace in my school. Peace in my neighborhood. Peace with my roommates. I need peace towards friends. I need to walk in peace towards just a lot of different situations. If you need grace today, if you're here today and you say, man, I've slipped up and I just need some grace. I need forgiveness. I've made some mistakes and God's grace is here. He's pouring it out. He's pouring the drinks out. He says, I got more than enough for you. I got joy for you. I got peace for you. I got grace for you. I got love for you. I got faith for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Paul, I'm not right with God. And I want to get right with God. I'm not surrendered to Jesus and I need to surrender. The only way we're going to have peace is if we have a relationship with God. Today, why not open the door to your heart and say, Lord, I'm tired of running to everything else and everyone else. I'm running to you today. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. Join us at this altar. I want to cheer on people that came down to the altar today. It's, it's a brave step to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need your grace. I need your peace. I need your help. Down at this altar, just kind of hold your hands up to the Lord. He's going to fill you. By faith, he's going to fill you with peace. The world says, no, there's no way you can have it unless you take those pills, unless you do this, unless you get that. God says, I'm, I'm going to give you what the world cannot give you. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you peace. 
I'm going to give you grace and forgiveness. The Lord is with you. He's with you. He's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's giving you power, love, and a sound mind. He's calling you to pray. He's calling you to love. He's calling you to show kindness, to honor all. I hear God saying, I want you to pray for people that you haven't prayed for. I want you to pray for people that you haven't prayed for. There's peace that's going to flow, but you got to choose to pray for people that you haven't prayed for. Love people that it's been hard to love. Forgive yourself. Maybe it's you that it's been hard to love. God says you need to start seeing yourself the way I see you. You are not a mistake. This season is not a mistake. This year is not a mistake. God says, I've got you. I'm with you. I'm for you. Lord, I just pray right now for every person here, every person online. God, I pray right now for peace. I pray for peace in the hearts of our nation. I bind the spirit of division and strife and chaos and darkness and hatred and hostility and racism. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of cowering back. I pray, God, for a spirit of faith to rise up, revival to rise up, hope rise up in Jesus' name. Peace be still. We speak to the storms, the wind, and the waves. We command every demonic force to be driven back. And Lord, today, I pray in Jesus' name for every individual in this room, God, that you'd bring healing to their hearts, bring healing to our minds, where the enemy has been re just wrecking, just, just causing all kinds of distractions. Today, God, I thank you, Lord, that minds are being washed, renewed by your presence, by your power, by your peace that passes all understanding. Lord, let it guard our hearts and our minds in Jesus name wash them with your peace wash us with your peace wash me with your peace God wash over my feelings my emotions your kingdom come your will be done God I release my need to have my kingdom to have my agenda my plans I ask for your kingdom to come your will be done God give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us lead us not into temptation deliver us from all evil for yours is the kingdom the power the glory forever God I pray over all of our hearts this morning I pray over all the minds this morning those that are here those that are watching online God, keep us in a place of love, peace, honor, kindness, compassion, grace in Jesus' name. Just say this with me. Jesus, I surrender to you. I receive your peace. I receive your grace. You are so good. My hope is in you. You are my foundation. My stability. It's you, Jesus. I need you every day, every hour. I trust in you. I lean not to my own understanding. I acknowledge you as Lord of my life. And I believe that you direct my steps. My best days are in front of me and I have victory because you live in me. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. I'm all yours 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you, Victory. God bless you. Love on someone on your way out. Encourage somebody.